0: Today on Beyond Podcasting, episode 15, a Sniglet for all casters with Chris Curran. Max Flight joins the 48 kilohertz Alliance, and I'll help you build your online show.
1: Thanks for tuning in to beyondpodcasting.com, where we recognize that your online radio show is much more than just a podcast.
2: Your show can be broadcast live, which is not a podcast. Your show can be heard on a website, which isn't a podcast either.
1: Of course, your online radio show can and should also be syndicated as a podcast via RSS, where your listeners can subscribe using a standard podcatcher or your show's own branded app for Android and iOS.
2: Beyondpodcasting.com covers microphones, interfaces, mixers, production software, recording techniques, best practices, and more. Now enjoy another episode of BeyondPodcasting.com with your host, Alan Tepper.
0: Welcome back to another episode of Beyond Podcasting. I'm Alan Tepper, and we welcome back Chris Curran of Podcast Engineering School. How's it going, Chris? Great. Hi, Alan. Happy to be here, man. Welcome back, Chris, or welcome back, Cotter, or whatever you want to call it. (laughs) Nice. I think it's either your third or your fourth time here, so that's great to have you here. Today we're going to be introducing a new Sniglet for all casters, and you might be wondering what all casters mean.
1: Yeah, all casters.
0: Okay, well, in this industry and on your show and on my show also, we use the word podcaster a lot, but there are other types of casters too. There are traditional broadcasters, including traditional AM and FM radio and television, and there are even people who do audiobooks. So we're all casters. I guess casters would be a subset of content producers because people who do newspapers, but they don't have audio associated with it. I don't think we would call them a caster of any type, but if, if if you're doing something where you're disseminating audio, whether it's with video or not, I would say that we're part of the casters, the all-caster group. Well, what would a blogger be then? Like a word caster? If you want to stretch it, you could include them, but I'm, I'm trying to say it for things that include audio of some type or another. Got it. So if you do, if you produce audiobooks and then you make them go out to the world, then you're casting it, going back to the original word of, of what cast means. Got it. So this Sniglet that we're going to introduce is going to be for all casters, not just for podcasters. It's appropriate for all of them. But before we get into that and before I define for the listeners who may not remember what a Sniglet is, or perhaps aren't old enough to remember the term, we're gonna welcome Max Flight from Airplane Geeks and UAV Digest to the 48 Kilohertz Alliance. I think, Chris, he may have been your student or at least a guest on your show. Yeah, he was a guest on my show. He's, he was not my student, but Max is, really knows a lot about audio production as well. So
1: uh, congrats to him for the, being inducted into the 48
0: kilohertz alliance. Jeez. Yes, and right now we're going to hear his words when he won the award. So listen to this. It is my great honor to be accepted into the 48 kilohertz alliance. I figure if Alan Tepper believes in 48 kilohertz and Chris Curran believes in 48 kilohertz, then hallelujah, I'm a believer. And if Barry is impressed, too, well, all the better. Thank you, Alan.
2: Welcome to the Alliance. Yeah!
0: (laughs) So welcome, Max. And we're going to have to have you on here one of these days. But right now, we just got a clip of your voice. So let's talk about a sniglet is. I don't know if you ever heard the word before, Chris. I'm going to say the Wikipedia definition and then the shortdictionary.com one. Perfect. A Sniglet is often a humorous word made up to describe something for which no dictionary word exists. Introduced in the 1980s TV comedy series, Not Necessarily the News, Sniglets were generated and published in significant number, along with submissions by fans, in several books by Rich Hall, beginning with his Sniglets and then Sniglets for Kids and more Sniglets in the mid 1980s. It has been defined as any word that doesn't exist in the dictionary, but should. Then the dictionary.com one is a lot shorter and it says any word coin for anything that has no specific name. And the, not the network company Inc actually got a trademark back in 1983, but it expired in 2005, I guess because they weren't really using it anymore. And I'm not planning to use it commercially. I'm not planning to get a domain or anything with it the way I did with a lot of other projects. But let's say a a few of the traditional ones before we unveil the new one that's kind of related to one of your recent daily goodies. Yeah. Uh, Why don't you tell our audience about your daily goodies in case they're not familiar with it? Sure. Yeah.
1: It's just a daily little blog post. It's really short, but it, it has to do with audio production and podcast production, all different phases of production too. So it's just a lot of, it's just a little tidbit of information
0: every day. So really cool. Okay, well, I'll read you the first one, and we'll just alternate, and then we'll unveil our new one, which is related to a recent one that you had. Perfect. Yeah, I, I remember Sniglets. I was uh, pretty young in the 80s, but
1: I do remember them, and uh, they're pretty cool, man. So yeah,
0: go go ahead. dextrous means possessing the ability to turn the bathtub faucet with the toes.
1: <laughs> Aquadextrous. Yeah, that's a good one. I like that. Snackmosphere. Snackmosphere. The pocket of air found inside snack and or potato chip bags. (laughs) I kind of like that one.
0: And the next one is joke salt. When someone insults you, you call them on it and they say it was just a joke. (laughs) Yeah. A joke salt.
1: That happens all the time. People like... They'll they'll make fun of someone else and then and then will just say oh no it was a ju- I was just kidding just a joke
0: and that was a joke salt so.
1: <laughs> right so the next one is profanotype. Profanotype. symbols used by cartoonists to replace swear words right usually the, what that oh, yeah all the if you hit shift and hit the numbers one two three four five six all those that that's what that is right.
0: Yes, exactly. So now we're going to unveil our new one for all casters, and we already explained what we mean by all casters. And this is tied in to something that you did in when I was actually looking for it so I could give people the exact date, but I couldn't find it. But I'll include it in our episode notes once we eventually find it. I'm sure that Chris and I and Barry will eventually track it down. <laughs> but it, it had to do with whether or not you do your show all live to drive whether you do multiple takes as we have done, although our audience won't listen to all the takes that we did. And if so, how much time you take to edit your show. So it had to do with that. So it's a common thing and I know because I've worked in television production too and I've worked in traditional radio. And I know that it's normal to do multiple takes and then you sit down and you edit it and then you broadcast the edited version. The situation that has arisen And I've heard it already from two podcasters. One is, I'm not going to say their names, I'm not going to make fun of them or anything, but one of them is a woman who is a lawyer who is no longer doing her show because someone replaced her. She was a co-host on a show. And the other one is a man who does a, show that's about tech. And uh, he's one of three hosts on that show. But what has happened with both of them is they do their multiple takes and then they forget that they had to edit anything and they actually publish the original. Oh, And I'm not talking about bloopers at the end. I'm talking about they read a line, they realize that they flubbed it, they slap their hands so that they can see the peak in the waveform to make it easier to find it while they're editing but then something happens between then and when they go to publish and they completely forget that they had to edit it. Wow. And they publish it as is. And that is obviously not done intentionally. And that's why I'm not here to make fun of them. Right. But I think it would be nice to have a word for that. So Chris has not seen the word that I'm going to propose and now I'm sending it to him via signal so he can see them for the first time and analyze. (laughs) And you can tell me what you think, Chris. So, all right, so I got it. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah.
1: Sorry, multi-take caster. (laughs) Sorry,
0: multi-take caster. I think that would describe what they have done. These two people that I'm not naming who they are. Yeah. I think that would be a good way of describing, you know, we don't want to do that. But if someone does it, I think it would be a good way to describe it. Well, I wonder if they hire an editor to edit their show because then... I mean,
1: maybe they didn't miss it. Maybe their editor missed it. I don't know.
0: Okay, then I guess that word would be describing the end result and not necessarily the individual. Right, right. Yeah,
1: I mean, but it could happen. I mean, this it, it does happen, right? You go, it, especially if you're editing a podcast episode quickly and you just want to go through and take out big stuff, like maybe there's like a minute or two of silence when you had to look something up. And then, yeah, you just, you miss a couple Blatant edits. I mean it happens,
0: right? Yes. And by the way, I think we all pick up different things when we when we listen to shows about that have to do with editing and things like that. And one of the things that I just recently started to use in hindenburg which is the one that i use to edit most of the time when it's multi-track in fact it's the only one that i'm using for multi-track right now on a conventional computer anyway is the fast speed when you're editing because if you're going through a second pass and you're just trying to find a particular spot then it has the feature of playing in whatever 2x or 1.5x or something like that yeah so I think we all, every time we hear someone who's describing a process, and I know you have people talking about that more frequently than I do, at least up until now, but I think that when that comes up, it's always just an idea that comes, it's like another trick to have up your sleeve to be more efficient while we edit. Totally, yeah. Adjusting playback speed is huge. And that's why when I, on on my Mac,
1: I do my detailed editing in Twisted Wave, and Twisted Wave does not have variable playback speed, which is... That's the only thing about it that I don't like. Everything else, well, I
0: don't do much there. I'm just, I'm literally just editing, so. Yeah, I, I understand, and I think it's important, and I think the bottom line is whoever is doing the editing and then publishing it should do some level of QC, of quality control, right?
1: Yeah, well, you know, it. so everyone has their own process, but yeah, you should design Whoever's editing it should have a process where, by the end of their process, they feel one hundred percent confident that they they're done and everything sounds good and it's professional. Done. Period.
0: And they didn't forget to do something that they planned to do and then just totally forgot about it.
1: Exactly. So, it, for for me, for me, I have a more. I I probably do more steps in my production because I I especially in the mixing phase. But whatever your process is, just design the process so that you you don't miss anything.
0: Right, so there's some, at least some final QC, even if it's at a fi- faster speed or something like that to make sure that no holes were there or no double takes are in there or something like that.
1: Yeah, well, and, and that's one way to do it. And the, like, for instance, what I do with a lot of my clients is I'm actually connected online with them when they're actually performing their interviews. So I'm listening live and I'm recording everything live and I actually make my edit notes live so then when I go to do post-production on those episodes, I actually don't listen to every second of audio. I don't even fast forward. Like I, I don't even do the variable playback thing. I don't listen to the whole thing in full again because I already made my notes of what I need to edit.
0: And then, right, I, of course, in, I go in back. In that and, case, exactly, yeah. because you weren't involved with the speaking. So you, you are available to make the notes during that time. Yes. But when I do my show and and probably when you do your show, you know, it's different when you're doing your own show is when you're doing those shows that you're doing for a third party. Right. But in yours, there's probably nobody else that's doing it. So you probably have to do more work when it's your own show. Well,
1: what I do when it's my own show is, first of all, my show is a very has a very live feel. So I don't mind if there's a little hitch or a little thing, you know, not a big deal to me. I'm not trying to edit it to make it sound perfect. But if I do need to go back later to edit something or even just tighten something up. I actually do make a little w- when I'm doing it live, I make a little note of the timestamp. So I'll write down like 7:47 uh you know, I'll just write down 7:47. So then when I go back and look at 7 minutes 47 seconds in the post production, I'll see that oh, I got I, I messed up that and I have to edit that. So.
0: Yes, and I know some people do it with a marker. I don't currently do it that way when I'm involved with actually talking on the show because it's just too many things to do right it's different when you're when you're recording the show for a third party then you can either do the marker or make the note or both right okay well thank you for being the godfather of this new sniglet. <laughs> let's say your URL right before you go
1: podcastengineeringschool.com there you go okay see you soon all right see you Alan bye
2: beyond podcasting.com.
0: I'm Ellen Tepper, and I can help you build your online show, as I've helped many others, whether it's live with phone calls and a human or robotic call screener, pre-recorded and edited only, or anything in between. With the latter, of course, that also means syndicating your show to have it on places like Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Radio Public, Stitcher, TuneIn, and more. I'll show you how to have your own branded RSS, and I'll help you decide whether you're better off self-hosting like Leo Laporte, James Cridland, the USSFCC, and I currently do with my four active shows, or whether you should use a dedicated podcast media host. There are reasons why all four of us currently self host, and there are reasons why you might prefer to use a podcast media host. Then again, you might want to self host using a podcast media host. It will be a great conversation, from that issue to domains, GDPR, forced SSL, TLS for HTTPS, microphones, and much more. You know where to find me, beyondpodcasting.com. También hablo castellano. Aunque parlo italiano, ma non cosi tanto.
2: Some of the manufacturers mentioned on the beyondpodcasting.com show have contracted Alan Tepper and or Technotur LLC to carry out consulting and or translations, localizations or transcreations. Many of the manufacturers mentioned have sent Alan Tepper review units. Some links to third parties mentioned in the show may indirectly benefit Technotur LLC via affiliate programs. Alan Tepper's opinions are his own.